Well, let's start then. We do have a list of questions. And uh, obviously, if uh, you all in the chat also feel like you have a question to ask, feel free just to pop mm -hmm. it in there because we will see it. Uh, and it is a lot more fun that way for us too. Um, so we have a question here. Uh, if... Well, when or will we ever find out what price Harold's sister paid to resurrect? Uh, well, I guess we can say Catchall slash Raffi now. I think we're far enough ahead. Oh yeah, just uh, just a That's note okay. that this this chat will contain spoilers. So um, just mm. be aware if you are not up to date, there will potentially be spoilers. Um, so feel free to mute the stream if you do not want to hear them. Mm. I think we'll try and keep it from the most recent yeah. episodes, but but still. Um, so. Will we at some point find out what the price was? I know what the You're price the DM. Is. Of course you know what the price to... is. That's your job. I have plots in mind at the plot where that becomes relevant. But again, uh, part of it is whether or not our players start asking those questions and delving into these kind of background things. Um it's it's I can I can dangle a plot carrot, but whether or not players decide to go and eat it, it's one way to put it. Yeah, and yeah, I think it just um, I think it just depends on yeah, like where the characters end up going uh, and that kind of thing. Um, because yeah, certainly I can see situations where it could come up. Um, which I won't say out loud just so I don't influence mm. anything. But certainly if I was a DM, I'd have my own ideas on what that would be. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm sure, like, functionally, Ben could flex that as well if um, if there was a reason to. It's not, like, it hasn't been revealed, so there's no reason that it necessarily has to be set in proverbial stone um, as it stands. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there, there's, there's a reason why when the camera pulled away and we saw something happening away from the players, I revealed that. Yeah. Uh, I don't do it often, but I do mm. do it to foreshadow. Yeah. yeah. And often, actually, um, Ben sometimes will do that during the group session, and sometimes it will just be sort of added in after the fact. And unfortunately, I suppose that it's hard for me to avoid hearing that because uh, I'm, the, I'm the last person who hears the episode before it goes out, essentially, um, mm. mostly because uh, I have the all of the fancy plugins that anyone else would have to spend yeah. money on accruing and stuff. So it's just one of those things where, like, you know, because I'm the last sort of the, the last sort of call before yeah. it goes out. Um, I, but that doesn't actually bother me that much because uh, I think it's easy to forget those things when you're actually in character enough. I think you just actually forget that you, the player, know mm. those things. Um I think the deeper into the game we get, the less what I sort of what's gone on really starts to impact things. I think so. Yeah, it's not actually a big deal most of the time. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, we've talked about this before. I think on the common room that um, I deliberately don't go back and listen to episodes, and that's in part to do with the fact that mm. I prefer not to. That's just how I prefer to play. Um, but we had a big chat when we were last recording about the fact that there are some players who. Um, either do need to or would benefit from potentially going back and listening to stuff just because we do miss stuff because we're in character and we're playing and we might mm. not make that note or whatever um, that we do want to make sure that we are 
not just missing stuff because we're too busy yeah. thinking about other things. Yeah. And uh, I think also that's part of not playing actually in a room is that Occasionally, it is easy to miss things that you probably wouldn't miss as mm. much if you were actually sort of playing yeah. together. So, but I mean, that's the modern condition of of D and D in general. It seems like you know we just we live in a in a big but shrinking world. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I'm actually quite interested in this one. So, uh, what sort of word world building have you been putting into things, Ben? That might have gone over the heads of the players at the time that you sort of wish we'd noticed. And I guess. I guess it has to be stuff that maybe isn't going to come up later again because obviously it would be fun mm. if we did eventually trigger on it. But um, There's if- a couple things that I think some of you missed first pass and then picked up later. Mm. Um, that all the minotaurs that you've met so far are named after different cattle breeds. Yeah. Um, I think past a few of you. There are definitely a lot of nods to other uh, like fantasy and science fiction series throughout the world. Um, I think, I mean, I know that we have talked about, Ben, that we did some world building stuff to do with where I'm from that we've peppered into the world that hasn't necessarily been immediately picked up by players, um, by the other players, but that I already have that information because I am the one at... Oops, sorry, wrong way. Um, I'm the one that it affects. So I've been told stuff, but that, that it's been peppered in. So I'm sure there's things like that mm. where some of us know it, but not yeah. everyone. Yes. Yeah, Thanks for I the think sub, that's Lauren. Absolutely Thank true. you so much. Love you. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely true. Life human. Real world. Um, I'm sure there are so many things, but a lot of them are currently not in front yeah. of mind. Mm. Um, I think there are a lot of like homages I make in our Cobalt Capers as well, like, yeah. hi- like to other heist movies and other yeah. various mm. bits of That's pop culture. Yeah. Um, some of them are much more obvious yeah. than others. Um, but. Yeah, I, I, yeah. No, without, without getting into spoilers, I'm not going to yeah, say I, like, anything. Because there are definitely things that people have missed mm. that if I was to point to them... We wouldn't be missing anymore. <laughs> you wouldn't yeah. be missing it anymore. And then it would become like... I don't want to influence my players' mindset on how they interpret the world and how they interact with the world. Because you know there are only so many times that uh, Ross's magic sword does something before... you know. We go, hang on, what's happening with this yeah. magic sword? Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the next question is, you know, what are the favourite ones that we've noticed as players? Um, um, I mean, I've noticed a bunch as a player, but that I choose, like, I will notice them in the moment and then I'm putting them aside because they're not something that my character would notice. So, mm. like, I wouldn't necessarily be able to point back at them now because I was like, cool, neato. Moving on, um, because that's how I have to play when I'm playing someone who doesn't necessarily understand all of the social nuance and everything, um, mm. or chooses to. And act like, differently. there are definitely times I think which 
probably don't come across in the audio where I'll say something and I'll get reactions from players' faces. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But but the audio doesn't come through because they're still playing their characters. Yeah. Um, I think there are some things on the moon that had a number of you being like, ah, no, wait, have to bring myself back. Um, I mean, I think as well, a lot of us, we value our characters quite a lot in the respect that we make sure that Mm. those are sort of playing within the bounds of their knowledge and their understanding, which, whilst great, can also mean that we um, are neglecting that side of it too because we're not listening from an audience perspective we're listening from a what are we doing how does our character react to this world um if anyone in the chat or listening is an improviser you'll understand what i mean in that we are actively listening but we're not necessarily holding all of that information because not all of it is relevant to what we need to do say or whatever um in the moment yeah I suppose uh, out of everyone, I built my character to be the most meta and that's just because I was the person before we started recording who had played and sort of immersed myself within that kind of world the most at the time. And so I designed Harold to be a little meta in that like, oh, he's the fan of the adventurers. So like, he's the one who knows about the spells. Even if he doesn't know how to cast them, he's like, oh, I've heard of that spell or I've heard of this thing happening. Now he won't know the specifics of it. And I think that's nice in that Harold doesn't have all the answers, but I think where things could sometimes grind to a halt occasionally, it doesn't break the world building for Harold to be like, oh, I've heard of this kind of trap. Uh, we should look out for that or something. Mm. You know, it's it, it's 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 subtle things that help move us along without actually being like, well, Harold always knows because obviously Harold doesn't. Yeah. Um, there was a thing in a more recent episode. Do we want to draw a line Harold... about, by the way, about how far back we want to talk about content, just so that... Um... Mm, I don't think this is a spoiler yeah. so much as a we thing that was it. said, mm. which, which, which was just Harold referred to individual person's history, mm. like where they came from, as their backstory. Yes. Oh, it was, um, it was the origin story, mm. right? Yeah. Mm. Like, which is, if you thought, if you, if you in the real world were talking about someone's history as their backstory, like people aren't characters, they don't have backstories, they just have like their lives, their history. But for Harold to think about things as people's backstories, which is like both Ross but Harold, like that makes total sense for like he reads all these adventurers' journals and like, yeah. Yeah, he's the comic book nerd, really, in insofar as that's what we have in the DN, like, you know, the Fur Master's verse, basically. Um, which, yeah, just, just occasionally helps sort of give things a more narrative bent to, yeah, obviously, we're trying to play it as if it's not a narrative, but we, know, we all know it is, so it's sort of... Yeah. I think that's a, a really interesting thing that also happens. I'm just going to divert yeah. on a tangent. Um, when we are on an adventure, Harold shifts his mindset into, oh, we're on an adventure now. This is how adventures yeah. works. <laughs> and like, he just, he goes on an adventure, yeah. Harold. Yeah. 
And then, the like, the the, oh god, it's an adventure. No, I don't want to go on an adventure. Where's my house and my comfy things? <laughs> and the funny thing is, is that, you know, Harold only thinks he knows uh-huh. how adventures work. <laughs> um, yeah, which is, I, I kind of, I enjoy that sort of naivety, I think, uh, as a character trait. It is, it is an interesting one to play with, for sure. Um, yeah, when you're basically confronted with things not being how your character would expect them. But obviously as a player, I'm like, well, obviously that was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I think there's there's something that we probably haven't, like that I haven't even thought of until just now, where the a lot of the adventurers periodicals and journals that Harold is reading, it has a survivor bias. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, where the people sure. have survived have survived to write them yeah. and so where Harold hears about these things he's hearing about them from people History who have survived and he's not hearing about all the people who <laughs> yeah. d- didn't survive yeah yeah, exactly yeah absolutely so this is kind of an interesting one what Mythbusters slash Bill Nye-esque experiments have you tried with your characters to use or abuse the mechanics of D&D um, hmm. I feel like actually I play it pretty straight, to be honest. Um, I guess that's because, uh, I, I guess that's because as a player I don't. The particular mechanics of the game aren't of interest to me so much as just like having tools that tell an interesting story. Um, mm. You know, like I'm playing Elden Ring, and at the moment I'm trying to find the best amulet and the best sword and the thing that buffs my intelligence, like. In games like that, I, I really enjoy that process. But in D&D, I actually find I, I don't care about the rules. And I wonder if we'd been playing a more crunchy version like 3.5 or 4, maybe that part of me might have come out. But I feel like 5e, whilst it's certainly there, it doesn't interest mm. me. And so I, I kind of just sort of choose whatever spell seems thematic at the time. I don't often think about how I can, like you know cast things in a very particular way i think there was one time where i was i needed someone else to do something so that the thing i wanted to do would work Mm -hmm. better but as a player i i'm not willing to say that out loud because my character wouldn't yeah unless my character had a chance to say oh hey i i need to do this you know like if it made sense in game then like in world Mm -hmm. then i might but yeah, we we don't cut out any of that stuff either. Just no. just to be clear, like there's no meta gaming happening that we then cut out. Like you genuinely hear most of the stuff that's yeah. interesting. The only stuff really that gets cut is the boring, like how far away are they? Are they within this circle? Okay. Like stuff, stuff that just for a wizard. Shut up! <laughs> I feel some, I feel attacked. Some of, like, theater not... of the mind, theater of the mind that can be useful for like okay, how far yeah. away are things? Yeah. Like to. To oh, describe the battle, yeah. But it's like just, for it's like okay, I have this spell; it can do this. Like, and yeah. some of it gets in the episode, and yeah. some of it gets cut. Yeah. Um, possibly we, yes. where like a character where one of us has described an act. Okay, I want my characters to do this thing, but that thing that they are describing doesn't make sense because I, as a DM, probably haven't described the battle mm-hmm. in enough detail. Where yeah. what that player envisions is not um not congruent yeah. with what the reality of the situation yeah. is 
And often what we'll do is we'll we'll put in the question and we'll skip the discussion and we'll keep yes. the answer. And that way the audience gets the clarification yeah. as well. So Especially for combat as well. Combat mm. and like real life can really drag for uh, what am I going to do? Uh, maybe I'll cast this. So, okay, I'm, I'm probably going to do this. And like for what might take three hours in real life to mm. record will be edited down to an hour in mm, combat yeah. um or like what might take 30 minutes might get shortened down to you know five to ten minutes of actual combat in an episode that you listen to because so much of that is just dead air yes and and yeah. i think also like a lot of the time because we all come from quite different um like backgrounds in the context of what um literature and shows and computer games and things like that that we have all consumed our images of what something when something is lightly described will vary greatly mm. um so like i have i think that's that's ah uh, the basilisk yeah, like that kind of stuff where where it's just important yeah. for us we will end up having these little discussions that are not content related they are just this team needs to work out our reference points and that's the mm -hmm, stuff we cut mm -hmm. because it's not actually interesting to let it listen to us go, but is it this kind of basilisk or this kind of basilisk? Like, if you want to do that, come mm. hang out in the common room and we'll chat about it. But like... Some of it some was of useful good, because like... <laughs> yeah, the... Yeah. Like the basilisk in D&D &D, having like centipede type, but like lizard legs is not the thing that people think of now because of the influence of other media with like a big snake creature as a basilisk. Mm. Um, and like the word basilisk has been used for a number yeah. of things including like rooster like creatures in mythology so i mean yeah 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 i think it's um, um it's important that we we have those uh those discussions and you know we say we don't cut very much out we don't cut very much out but we do cut things out where they're not relevant or there's been a miscommunication or like mm -hmm. in our most recent recording session, we had a big long chat in the middle of it. That was us just trying yeah. to work out how to make certain things that need, that would have happened properly if we'd all been at a table together and ha been having these like you know an in and home game and recording more regularly and mm. all of these things. We actually had to have a chat just about like we need to understand how we get from where we are to the next point from a player perspective, not from a character-driven mm. yeah the rooster-like creatures but yeah. even from a character exactly lauren like different well, different people have different yeah. images in their heads and that's important to know yeah but even like you know speaking about that you know even on a character level it's the kind of thing that if you were um if you were real people who actually interacted mm. every day and not only interacted during story beats uh a lot of things would probably be different as well um and so we're sort of also trying to figure out how to make those interactions make sense narratively. Yeah, I mean, we're also, we're only seeing snapshots of these characters' lives. Like we get um, a couple hours with them every couple weeks, every couple days. Yeah, and, and like recently in the most recent two or three arcs, we have spent virtually the full amount of time with them, mm. except 
I still like, okay, well, you do this and it takes an hour. We aren't sitting there for an hour as your characters, like, you know, kick up dust on the moon and wait for yeah. time to pass. Or, you know, you well, it takes your, your the rug is carried by the, the, the moon crabs up the mountain. Like, mm. well, it'll take 30 minutes for that to happen, but I'm not going to sit here and we, you know, talk mm. for 30 minutes because, like, it's like a road trip. Like, it's just not, not all of it is interesting. You get the highlight parts. And I think that's actually the format for a lot of other adventures. Like, yeah. there's the call to adventure, the adventure happens, and then characters go home and do other yeah. stuff. And then months or years will pass and stuff will have happened and we pick back up with those characters once again. Um, we are playing people at a university going about other life things and we're just kind of dropping into their lives when adventure happens. It just so happens that the first three to four months of their academic year has been jam-packed oh full of God. stuff. So much stuff. <laughs> Very yeah. much that. Very much that, I think. Um, it's just a lot of front-loading. Yeah. So this is kind of a, a related question about the sort of um, the callbacks and the world-building, I guess. Is there anything from the early story that you want to kind of like see come back uh, a, a, an example given here is the tea wizard for instance which i know has a pretty long backstory in world right i yeah so the tea wizard is a character that i've had in my world for a very long time and has made guest appearances in other mm. games um i there are so many things that i would love to bring back but i think i would rather hear your answers to this yeah um, I think for me, in terms of like stuff that's happened in session, um, I feel like there are ramifications to Harold's father knowing my last name that we are yet to see play out. Um, but I also think there's like, I want to go back to watch another Mugby match. It's been months. I want mm. another Mugby match. I want like, I think that we are missing a little bit the... To, you know, we're not family. You know, we're family friendly, but we're Australian. So the the bullshit, um, mm. the minutia of campus life, right? That you go to the sports game, or you, um, you know, such and such a club is having a party, and you all go. Like the Enigma Society are doing a picnic, the whatever it is, um, and it needs to be stuff that obviously like we would go to. So things that we would be invited to, or things we'd be dragged along to, but we haven't done a whole lot of that. Um, and mm. it would be cool to do some more of that. Yeah, like the low stake stuff is often where we have the most fun. And I think it's actually because it's where the most surprising interactions take yeah. place. Um, I definitely would like to see the the, the cupcake, uh, you know, Heroes Feast yeah. person again. Um Parfait. Everyone yeah. loves parfait. Yeah, parfait. Um, <laughs> yeah, like Garen obviously was a pretty interesting mm. character, you know, someone who has a lot of history. Oh. Uh, and I'm blanking on the name, but the vampire character, who we haven't confirmed as a vampire. Oh, actually, your brother's say, mate. But, yeah. Um, mm, uh, yes. Yeah, you know, like there, there are some interesting characters that 
I think, represent a side of the city that we don't see that I find interesting because obviously we don't interact with that much. Um, I mean, even Mr. Red, as much as uh, as much as Harold absolutely hates him, uh, I love it. So uh, you know, it's sort of um, you know, and obviously that we there are reasons now why I think we will be seeing a bit more of them, which is good. Uh, I mean, Kate, the player, also goes like, "There's a lot of NPCs that we've spent little bits of time with." Like, I semi-deliberately did what I did in the market scene with. An NPC that I hate. I hate him so much. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but no, uh, Nikolai is the vampire. Thank you, Paul. That is exactly yeah. who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but also yes to more gore in a QB costume. Correct. Correct answer. Thank you. Mm, um, mm. But I like there is a character who people who know me know I abhor that character. Hate him. But he's fascinating and he's interesting and he's useful for the world. So I think that there's things like that where there's characters where we have brought them in. Like, we haven't seen... Um... Oh, my God. My brain has dropped a character name. My brain doesn't do this. Uh, to Enigma Society. Um, Nora, thank you. Nora. You're like, literally, I was like, no, mm. I know who it is. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, no, someone's going to clip that. Crap. <laughs> Tease in the chat. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but like we haven't seen very much of Nora other than like since the the um, terrarium stuff, right? Mm. And like I get yep. that she's in enigmatic yeah. and she doesn't come in all the time, but like the interactions that we've had with her have been quite sporadic. But she's always brought interesting random crap um, into our world as well. Mm. So you know, there's things like that mm. where I'm like, some of these NPCs that Ben has gifted us, even like Editor Boy, who I pissed off really early on whose name I haven't learnt because she wouldn't know and therefore I don't know his name. Um, I would be interested to see more of uh, the uh, Adventurers Appreciation Society stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Who, like, there's a character in there who has some some strong opinions about Harold um, and would love to see more of Harold, yes. in fact. I would be mm. fascinated by that character coming back, mostly because I'd be fascinated to sit and be like, tee <laughs> Ross, I have, a, I have a Raymond to deal with. Ross has a whatever the fuck, the character, sorry, whatever the hell the, that character's called mm. um, to deal with. Yeah, my brain stopped working well tonight. But yeah, that kind of stuff would be pretty. Just cool. for clarity, folks. By the way, um, I would... came straight off of a long work day working in a in a in, for the school holidays with a very busy place to come straight onto stream. So my brain has yet to settle into stream mode. So I apologise in advance for the swears. Uh, so would you would you folks try to move away from the theatre of the mind, showing a full scene with figures, etc., to try and speed up that slog? I don't think um, so because I think the problem is Andre that we record for an audio medium. We don't stream, sorry, I'm not sure if you're aware, Andre, that we don't stream this game live. We um, mm. pre-record it. Yes, Katya, um, sorry. Zagami Katya um, is the name of the person who Katya. has a crush on yeah. Harold. We, we yeah. pre-record all of our episodes digitally. So we play like what you're seeing now with the three of us, except there's four of us. And we record, we're actually recording our audio now as well. Um, so we mm. can release this audio as an episode if we want. Um yeah, Lauren, look, I've turned into red. It's fine. Um, it's uh, one of those things where we, because we play for podcast, we play Theatre of the Mind because it yeah. means that we do the descriptive stuff. Um, something I've noticed mm. with some friends who've tried to turn their um, 
theater then their map based or figures based game into a podcast is that they are missing that audio they're missing that information you do i think it takes some i i think i enjoy creating maps and playing with them um and so uh often actually i do create a map but it does actually you have to remember what as you're playing that what you would normally say is you know move me over there you have to really put a lot of mental fortitude in saying uh you know i'm gonna move next to the monster you know like the stuff that you would normally do in an audio podcast so theater of the mind definitely makes it a lot easier to remember to describe things um i think it's totally possible to do maps and stuff but i actually think for our game you know it doesn't really you know when we say when we say combat is a slog it's it's not really it's just we don't think all of what we say is interesting for the podcast essentially you know the combat itself is actually very fun it's just we know that listening back to that kind of chat i mean it's always my least favorite part of critical role right whenever they they start doing these long long ass battles and like debating amongst themselves like when the game slows down like that it's the least enjoyable part to watch so for us we so, try and make that as sort of concise mm. as we can while still making it interesting and exciting just yeah c- cutting down on the bits that just as a, especially as an audio podcast when you don't have that visual reference you don't have the yeah. maps to look at you don't have the characters i think yeah it works in video a lot more than yeah. it would um, yes i mean we're, we're adapting uh what is essentially a tabletop mm. game that was originally developed for miniatures and maps into an audio medium. We're playing something that should not be on an audio medium. And there are more modern role-playing games that don't use maps and things for combat and are Mm. more narrative combat-based games that work better for an audio medium like a podcast. Um, And, you know, we started with... Dungeons and Dragons because that is a good touchstone that a lot of people recognize and go, mm. oh, okay, it's Dungeons and Dragons, but at a university. Cool. Whereas if we had started with something uh, more obscure, it's harder mm. to get people for, as a hook to listen to that who aren't already listening to other podcasts. Mm. Um, and I think for especially uh, Kate and Joe, who at that time had never played any D&D. When we, when you pitched the when idea. I pitched the idea. That's true, yes. When you pitched the idea, had not played any D&D things. Um, D&D was a good like reference touch point. To, okay, we can work out how to do this. And 5th edition as well is very beginner-friendly yeah. mm. um, compared to previous editions. I think we've editions. also talked about like doing one-shots that are separate and different, like... We played yeah, um, we did a, um... feelings, but insight and mm. whatever we called it in the end. Um, inc- yeah, insight and instinct. No, something in instinct. Yeah, I don't remember. Anyway, um, we we played a version of lasers and feelings. Um, there are a couple more that once the school holidays are over, I'm going to pitch to the boys about playing some and then getting some guests on to do some things um, that I think would be fun. It's just a question of making sure that they mm-hmm. work. Like, I think it would be really great to do a Commonwealth mm-hmm. Grove-based version of Kids on Bikes, because um, I think mm. that would be fun. Um, you wouldn't necessarily have to have Meredith, but you could have people where, like, maybe it's when Meredith left, and then there's Kids on Bikes, and we learn more about mm-hmm. Commonwealth Grove. Or 
whatever. I mean, like, mm. uh, what is it? Um, honey, honey heist. heist? Yeah. Mm. Ha- honey heist could easily be yeah, but cobalt I like caper. Cobalt like, <laughs> and yes, cobalt capers are influenced by Blade in the Dark. Like, you know, there's that's true. Mm. It is. Yeah. We have other games that are definitely yeah. influencing what we do. Um, but I mean, I know that I have a rather obnoxious opinion about. Um, there are some very famous shows that you can feel are trying to also write their own not D&D, but D&D-inspired game. And the longer mm. they play D&D, but are thinking about their inspired game, they are not really playing D&D anymore. And so I know that we've had those yeah. conversations <laughs> about, like, we are playing D&D. Mm. We are playing D&D 5th edition. Yeah. That is what we're playing. When we do the Kobold Capers, we have these additional mechanics that come over the top, but we still are playing D&D with an extra mechanic. When we when we yeah. played Lasers and Feelings, we played Lasers and Feelings. We didn't play D&D. And it's, we're trying to make sure that we're delineating yeah. those choices, I guess, um, in there as well. Yeah. Yeah, just so it's not too confusing for an audience, because it can be when you know something well enough and then something deviates from that. It actually can be kind of like... Um, a bit like dissonant, you know, in your brain to listen to as well. So, yeah, certainly, certainly worth thinking about. Um, actually, this is an interesting one. So, um, you know, uh, the question has been asked. I'm curious about the world that D and D takes place in. Does the planet have a name <laughs> or not? Does the Does the moon have a name? Ben, <laughs> or is it simply just known as the moon? This is Ben. This is all Ben. I can't help at all. Yeah. Ross can help limitedly. Like this is a Ben question. Go for your life, Ben. I mean, as yes. some. Yes, they, they do have names. Um, so they have names, but this is where it gets tricky. Like our planet, mm-hmm. the Earth, is just named after ground. Yeah. Earth is like, that's why in so many like science fictions it's called mm-hmm. Terra, because it's just ground and it's another word for ground mm. um and like our moon is un- i forget correctly if i'm wrong unofficially is lunar mm. like i don't think our moon has a name beyond the moon like luna i think is the unofficial official like name for our moon in the same way that like mars has deimos and phobos like yeah Yes, the planet that the game takes place on has a name. The moon has a name. But for the residents of the world who have no context for other planets, apart from now we kind of do, they don't have names. That's a, like that's the, the answer yeah. I can give you, I guess. Like, And also the, the names I would assume would differ depending on where you were in the same way that like the Latin word for... The, the, the word for moon in different languages is different. So what mm. Mike... What Potentia from being from the Imperium is might, might call the moon something completely different to what Joe or Harold would call the moon. Colloquially. So I mean. without... Um, without... Hmm, I don't, don't want to spoil this. No. Okay. They would be draconic based because that is the oldest language root apart from maybe primordial. And I just, it's, I'm not going (laughs) to, yes, they have names, but I'm not going to tell you what they are. I think we half broke Ben. Whoops. 
they so have names. There's that's, um, yeah. there's an amazing YouTuber called Hello Future Me, and they talk about story mm. building, like world building and story uh, writing in particular, like you know creative writing. And one of the interesting things I think I heard, you know, I, I heard them talk about was like exploring how things are named in real life and how names evolve. And actually, it's all you have to think culturally about what's happening. So, the name of the Earth might have different names in different cultures because of the way they think. So, whilst whilst in in Latin we have this this idea of you know, and Latin based things based on like it's the Earth, it's the ground. Other other people might not think of it as the ground, but the place we live, or you know where we exist. Like conceptually, it could be that other cultures have these things that would mean the name is different. You know, different cultures might、mm-hmm. think about it differently, and、uh, I think that's the nice thing about、uh, it's the nice thing about building worlds like this is that you you do get to think about those kind of things as well. Um, so I, you know, I'd be interested. Like, you know, do the, the do the people in the Imperium have a different name for it than the people in the Furimastus?、Mm. Um, th- yeah, it's like, for instance, imagine this, right?、Um, Furimastus is on a large-ish continent. Well, what、yes. if what if you were trying to say, well, what about the people who live on an island? And actually, most of what they can see is water, and only a little bit of what they see is actually the the ground that they live on. So, is their concept of what the Earth is different? Because to them. The Earth seems like it's actually the water place, and where we live is、mm-hmm. actually the exception.、Um, there's so many cool、mm. little things that, if you want to get down to it, you can really think about. And、um, yeah, I think that's the great thing about creating worlds yeah, like this. For sure, for sure. Yeah, and especially when. So I think I've been pretty clear that the world that. Ferrum, like where Ferrumastus is, where the game takes place, is a sphere. But D and D does not limit itself to,、mm. you know, regular Newtonian physics.、Um, so there are like planes of D and D out there、uh, are like flat.、Mm. There are flat planes in D and D. There are、uh, like I forget which. I think it's one of the. Celestial planes, one of like the outer planes in D and D, is like a big、yeah. ring. Like it's it, it's、mm. like and it's donut. Like it's yeah. There's all these strange things. No, Feramus. The world that the world that Feramusus is on is not a flat planet. Yeah, yeah. Which、um, obviously sort of the、um, uh, Harold's research kind of confirms that really,、mm. um, in that we are. Uh, tracking the orbits of the planets,、um, which is one of the reasons this research is controversial. Yeah.、Right? Um, yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, yeah.、Um, it's it's always interesting to see how worlds are built and different. Like, I'm playing at the moment with technically two different DMs on a content creation perspective, but also like I'm working with a bunch of other DMs and having these conversations with a lot of different people and. Mm. Your worlds are all different. I mean, there's a there's another there's another stream、um, who they're not streaming right now, but I happen to know that the person who runs it is in the chat. I'm not going to call them out.、Um, called Pocket Dimension Pie,、um, which streams alternate Saturday nights to the other stream that I'm part of,、um, that do pocket dimensions. So they can travel anywhere in time and space, and there's all the different、mm. timelines and dimensions, and it's it means that they have a lot less of a like quote unquote world. But they have this in like insane interwoven wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff to play with, 
Whereas we've gone for more of a classic structured world, um, which acts and behaves very differently. Um, and to answer Sharmini, who I see in the chat, hello. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Are they all spherical planets so far in your world, Ben? Also, hi, RP. Uh, the one that you are, the one that you are on, and the one that you witnessed yeah. through a telescope. Both of yeah. those are spherical. So, so far as our characters Which, are aware. Uh, <laughs> yes, and yes. Uh, objects that are large enough to see with a telescope easily uh, typically uh, are round. In, in classical physics. Uh, mm. In classical physics. Um, um, looks like Loza Avril in chat has said that they talk about language shift with their students, explaining why some things are spelled the way they are. Mm. I a deep dive into language drift over generations and then thought about how that works with races that have exceptionally long yeah. generations mm. where like oh if there were elves here and elves live for like five six hundred eight hundred years their generational language drift is going to be very different but they might teach an elvish word to a human and the humans are going to have that word shift yep. over time. But when they meet an elf and they say that word to the elf, the elves are going to kind of try yeah. to correct them. And so there's going to be like a, a push back against that. And then when you have words which are based on draconic, dra dragons live for like a thousand years or more, then you have like a different language drift as well. So it depends on like, okay, well, what is the origin for this word in this world? Did an elf... Did, did some humans come along and ask that this elf, what's this river called? And the elves tell them what the river's called. Is it going to still be that name 300 yeah. years from now? Possibly. Is it going to, 600 years from now, is it going to be mm. shifted slightly by like abbreviations the way what, so many words I mean, in English get changed over English, time? Right? Like um, local, I'm thinking about, mm. I was in the museum today and so looking at um, indigenous languages. So the local one to where I am is Wajak Noongar. Um, and the way that you spell the word Noongar, depending on where you are in the Noongar area, which is basically the southwest of, of um, Australia, southwest of Western Australia, um, will depend. And we have decided not to take an editing hatchet to it. And it, where, where it is spelled, it is spelled in the way of the, the storyteller rather than us being like, no, this is how you spell that word. Like, no, there's like eight different ways you can spell that word. Pick one. Mm. <laughs> we don't mind. Um, yeah. Also, I will just uh, so dragons put in the chat that the DM for Dimension Pi has built an entire database for what each time and each reality on each place looks like. It's intense to see on the back end. So you know, even in building, <laughs> when people have built crazy worlds or crazy like times and space and, and however you want to um, talk about realms to, to build in, um, they're there. Oh, hello, Sam. You're lurking, but I actually know that that means that you're streaming still because I'm modding your chat at the same time as being here. <laughs> but yes, oh yeah, 15 different spellings of Nongar. Thank you, Andre. I knew the, the number was big, but I didn't know exactly which what the number was. Uh, but yeah. How are you, Ben? It's been a minute. Yeah, 
doing well. Um, doing a bit of writing uh, for other mm-hmm. project things. Doing some DN Doctorates writing. Um, playing some Dwarf yes, Fortress. Yes, so your Dwarf Fortress session. How goes the delving into the mines? Um, not a lot of delving, more trying to establish farms that can become self-sustaining. And uh, I started a fortress and everything was great. And then winter came and all the rivers froze and I lost access to water for a season. And it turns out dwarves don't like that. No, I can imagine that would not be good. I also understand that you have had some problems with bedding. Yeah, never enough beds. Always more dwarves coming in. Uh, and then dwarves being unhappy that there aren't yeah. enough bedrooms. And also the elves get cranky when you cut down too many trees to build beds. And you need beds, constantly more beds. So that's that's fun. I don't know if you've had... We've not had that one on stream yet. But yes, the, the elves eventually... Uh, no, I haven't had problems with elves. I've had problems with right. goblins. Uh, which are another problem. I had a... a, a f- a flock of owl right. people come and just yeah. make trouble. Um, mm. But I heard that, Ross, you had some trouble with some were-rats. Okay, I have questions. What are were-rats? Yes. I, I feel like I don't want to ask this question because I feel like we're going to derail ourselves into the mayhemness. But Like like a werewolf, but substitute wolf for rat. Uh, you can also get camels. Um... Wait, hang on. I haven't encountered a were-camel, were camel? Ross. That's, yeah. I, I'm imagining yeah. substitute... Wolf yeah, for camel. Fair. fair. Can't hear Ross right uh, now. Chat, um, ch- Ross? Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure why that is. I thought I'd... Um... Oh, you've got me way further over than I thought I was going to be in this this shot. I'm just going to... Yeah, that's all right. It's all good. just going to cool. quickly adjust my camera uh, so I'm a little less um, microphone heavy and a little more... It's just... Uh... My face. Um, <laughs> nope. It's being a butt. Great, love that for me. Um, cool. Hey Ross, maybe you should just say some some words so that chat can tell us if they can hear you because yeah. right now you're not saying any words and that might yeah. be difficult for them to tell us the important information. Oh, hang on. What's going on? Um, that one looks like it should work if I just turn that onto mono. It's, it is both um, frustrating and mono, comforting right. to know that despite the fact that we've been doing this stuff for yes. years, we still have these issues and that we are not the only ones no. having these issues, according to no. the internet. There are definitely some very yeah. good streamer friends of mine who have been having some major technical snafus of late. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny, oh, actually. I am quiet, apparently. Oh. My audio is... Uh, can I make myself louder? Well, I can maybe I'll, hang on. that's fine. Um, I can just adjust my microphone. That should be okay. Um, yeah, so the funny thing is actually is that um, I think I've bemoaned this multiple times. It's just that even in this day and age, there are not very good tools available that allow you to take the individual like video and audio. So for some reason, the people who are like, <laughs> oh, you know what's important for streaming? Everyone gets their own video. Sorry. Um Ross, you are Ben, uh, and Ben, you are Ross right now. Um. <laughs> yeah, so so people can hear me, but your video is in my place. Uh, oh, my. Do you know what's funny? Because normally I, um, that's the order that I normally put yeah. it in. 
uh, it's switched, but I obviously on this one uh, need to change it. So that should be fine now. Yeah. Um, so anyway, for, for various reasons, um, people still haven't figured out. Well, I say they haven't figured it out. The solution exists. No one's bothered to implement it where you can just take the audio and the video of each person on a call individually and do things with it, which in this day and age you think would be a thing people no. would want to do. But no one has done that. So, yeah. Because, you know, on a stream, who needs to hear people clearly, apparently? As long as you have video, that's all. Hi, Ham. Um, I know you're watching another stream right now, so you're probably not actually here. But that's hello. Um, <laughs> yeah, we managed to time our stream with but also, But also, that's fine. Yeah. Um, if you... Oh, I, uh, I clicked on something there. Oops. Uh, how do I de... Oh, no. Focus myself. Oh, no, it's fine. All right. Um, I know. So what was I going to say? Uh, hopefully the music is not too loud because um, that actually I cannot hear. So uh, That I can check. <laughs> Hold on one moment. This is going to... I have it at like a, you know, a comfortable negative 35 decibels, which should be fairly nice. Um, I could probably go down a little, but it's pretty okay. Pretty okay. okay. Could go down a little, yeah, let's but it's, give it, it's fairly okay. Um, let's, let's give it another. Uh, and you need to bump yourself a bit as well, Ross, but then otherwise we should be good. Okay, that's easy enough. Thank you, uh, chat. Output gain. Let's raise that by about 4 dB or so, and that should be a little better, hopefully. Eh. Um. And I can probably... There you go. Andre is saying we're okay. perfect now. He, he's lying, but we're perfect. Yeah. It's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I like to think so. Got to let that narcissism oh, yes. creep in Excuse every me. now I, and then. By the way, I'm just uh, casually <laughs> pouring myself a very large stein of uh, brown soda. So mm. it is brown soda. Very nice. Hi. Ah, uh, yes. Hello, Sean. How are you? The spicy water. Perfect sound, not people. Rude, Andre. Rude. Um, that's just, that's just mean and rude. Um, but hello. Uh, yeah. How, how have we all been? It feels like a minute since we've all got together. Um, we do have a reason that there is no Joe, uh, which we will, I'm sure, explain shortly. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's get into yeah. that now, actually, I guess. And then we can talk about how things have been uh, mm. otherwise. So, yeah, uh, Joe has had an incredible opportunity to live in the mm -hmm. UK. Um, uh, don't worry, she's still she's still part of the yes. project, and we're still finding ways to record. But obviously, it's a big ask to expect Joe to get up at what would I think be six or seven oh, a.m. Uh, it's only and it's like, it's like you know, yeah, reasonable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is it? It's um, oh, it's like ten o'clock ish yeah. now. Yeah, yeah, like ten eleven o'clock. Yeah, so that makes it more difficult. But uh, yeah, we're still totally recording. So yeah. Um, so yeah, that's awesome mm. for Joe just to be able to like, yeah, live it up and experience something new, which is, yeah, which is always great. But yes, she will be so. still in the podcast, still doing the common rooms when we can get all of us together. But obviously hmm. weeknights is harder because she's currently seven hours, eight hours behind me, which obviously doesn't line up super well mm. when we're already in two different time zones. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, oh, yeah, otherwise, um, yeah, things have been going good. Um, ben and I have been, as we've discussed previously, uh, dwarving it up uh, in Dwarf Fortress. Yes. 
Yep. Uh, my, my fortress or our fortress uh, with Ross Backseat yeah. Gaming has reached semi-stability at yeah. about 100 to 120 dwarfs at the moment. Um, we still yeah. don't have enough bedrooms, but we do have somewhat of a farm getting started, um, although we mm. keep getting attacked by flying things flying owl people we got attacked yeah. by a giant flying leech that spat webs oh, that everywhere super disgusting um, <laughs> yeah on the plus Tunnels. side yeah uh the rate of infanticide has decreased dramatically mm. uh, yes our children nice. seem to be happier yeah less homicidal okay. yeah so uh that one is always fun of course um and yeah those streams have been a lot of fun and I think, um, yeah, it's going to be fun to continue those as well. And maybe uh, maybe a new game at some point. Yeah. We'll see um, if anything fun pops up. I'm trying to think if anything's been on my radar recently. I've got some cool um, games that I'm looking forward to maybe streaming, but they might they don't really fit within the Dean Doctorates brand. So we'll see how we go. Um, mm. Just because they're a little... There's some solo TTRPGs that I'm looking at playing, but they're more... They're not really our like academia academia brand of nerdy they're a little too far off from that um but i will mm. i'm sure we'll come up with some other fun things for us to do um and definitely i think there's some of us yes. who are getting involved in jasper's game week um 2023 so yes yeah also as i look at my uh very underplayed steam library <laughs> I'm like yeah mm. I, I, I would love to play that i would love to play that i would love to play that yeah yeah it does get a bit like that huh play with the audience um but chat, yeah. if you have ideas for things that we should play on stream, please feel free to let us know because you never know what might pop up out of those suggestions. The steam pile of shame is fine. I would Han. quite. It's not as bad mm, as the steam pile mm, of pain. We all have one. I mean, we it goes it goes along with my my Warhammer pile of shame. Mm, I painted mm, minis. Mm. Oh, did you guys see the minis think... that I painted that I posted on the internet? Yes, like this one. I did. My little cat stack. I don't know if that's showing up very well. <laughs> yes. Oh. Little stabby boys. Yeah. Looks good. That was, um, you did that on stream. I did. Right? I was hanging out with Split cool. the Party, uh, who are beautiful, wonderful humans um, over there, who taught this absolute miniature novice to not be afraid to slap paint on things. Mm. Yeah, I keep building stuff, but just not painting it. It's just one of those things. That's the classic, though, isn't it? Like, it's so much like easier to assemble things than it is to actually like get down and do the painting part. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely, absolutely a thing. Um, yes. So I think actually, looking at my library, I would like to stream uh, Dark Pictures Little Hope because I think it would be quite fun to play that together and decide the fate of the various uh, teenagers who are, you know, making poor horror game, horror movie decisions. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. I was like, I, I, I've heard of that, I think, but I wasn't yeah. entirely sure. Yeah. So uh, that's a pretty fun one. Uh, yeah, Little Hope is the sort of creepy village one, uh, which I think is quite thematic for, for, for our thing. It has like a timey-wimey aspect to it compared to some yeah. of the other games, which I think is, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Sure. 
Uh, and I still haven't seen how that game ends uh, because no one who I've watched stream it in the past has actually finished it. So, <laughs> ah, so your goal uh, is, your to, goal is to stream it and finish it, I see. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. just finally see how that story yeah. ends. Uh, uh, and I, I just, I love like, I love those kind of branching mm. narrative games as well, obviously. Um, every ending is slightly different depending on the choices you make and how many people make it to the end, etc. So yeah, that's pretty fun, um, and I think that'd be yeah that'd be a real fun one because you know we can get everyone involved with making the decisions. There are hundred percent are good horror choices that get made. It's the ones where you get Cthulhu yeah. endings is the correct answer. I was going to try and stream The Room. Um, I don't know if you are familiar with that set of puzzle mm. games, um, but I then played them uh, by myself because mm. I wanted to. Uh, but I might stream them another time yeah. and because mm. I. I've played so much of it. Like now I'm I'm very close to finishing the room four. Um, and I might just go back to the room one and stream those because now I kind of know how they work. You wouldn't just watch me going, what the, Oh, I don't know. How did that? Oh <laughs> God, I can't work it out. That's no fun to watch, but I, I do not remember necessarily how to do yeah. all the puzzles. So we'd probably have just enough of that regardless. I would really like to play subsurface circular. Yeah which is where you are a, a robot stationed on a like subway train that you can't leave the subway train and you can only interview hmm. the city's mm-hmm. robotic working class as they get in and off the trains. Um, Interesting. But I would be a little worried that someone in chat would ruin it for me. Oh, boo. It. Yeah. I mm. mean, look. That's, 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 the, that's, that's one the of those risk. things where what you do is you get one of us in the chat and you just don't look at chat. Um, mm. And our job. I have a bunch of other games. Like, I really like to get back and finish um, Warhammer Mechanicus, which is not a, not a D&D type thing, but definitely mm. in the sci-fi, uh, like, mm. area. Yeah. Uh, I've got a bunch of games, actually. I actually... I have... I have... I supported um, a number of Humble Bundles, and I just have so mm. many games in my... I'm like, what is that? I don't remember... I don't remember Assault Android Cactus in my... That's I a don't sentence. know where that came from. That I'm is a sentence. Sure what that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like I was it's... actually... Uh, I was watching on Eurogamer the other day that there's this old Star Wars game that is in mm-hmm. VR now, and that made me very happy that I, you know, however long ago bought one of those Star Wars games, Humble Bundles, because I'm like, oh... I have that game. I can like play that in VR now. That's that would cool. be really fun. Um, that, which reminds me, I need to finish Star Wars Squadrons and play more of that. Like it just again, yeah, Steam mm. part of the shame. Yeah. But anyway, um, hey Russ, I understand that some people submitted a whole bunch yeah. of questions to us, and maybe we should uh, go and find out if they had questions for us rather than just sitting here waffling about video games yeah. and games we should play on the stream, which we should do. But you know, yeah. we should talk about other stuff too. Mm. 